Hi, thanks for joining me today for Creeds and Deeds. Today, we are looking at baptism. This will be part four on baptism, and we are looking at the institution of baptism. So, join me for Creeds and Deeds. Reformed and Evangelical, Confessional and Missional. Welcome to Creeds and Deeds. Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample underfoot. Because he who holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is the word of our Lord. Westminster Shorter Catechism, Question 34. What is adoption? Answer. Adoption is an act of God's free grace, whereby we are received into the number and have a right to all the privileges of the sons of God. Scripture proof. 1 John 1 verse 31. I'm sorry. 1 John 1 3 verse 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. The Institute of Baptism Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen through 20 Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, until the end of the age. During the Reformation, 
Protestants examined Scripture's teaching on the sacraments and found that the church was wrong to have any other sacraments besides baptism and the Lord's Supper. The sacraments, they argued, were directly instituted by Christ, and in the New Testament, only baptism and the Lord's Supper were instituted by our Savior. Baptism, the sacrament of initiation, is ordinarily the first sacrament a believer receives. Today's passage records for us the institution of baptism, and the context in which it is given demonstrates the importance of this sacrament. Before ascending to heaven, Jesus commissioned the apostles and the church that follows them to teach the nations to observe all that he had commanded them. Since baptism into the name of our triune God is one of the things Jesus commanded, a church is not following its commission if it does not baptize people or if it treats baptism lightly. Moreover, we are in direct disobedience to Christ himself if we refuse to be baptized. Today's passage reveals that the only valid method of baptism is baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. True, the book of Acts records early Christians being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, But Luke, the author of Acts, certainly does not want us to understand such statements as endorsing a Jesus-only baptismal formula. His remarks are shorthand for Christ's fuller command in Matthew 28, 18-20, and they emphasize the newness of the covenant era and its explicit identification with Jesus. In addition to being commanded by Jesus, the formula whereby we baptize people into the one name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is also a vehicle for teaching. It provides a quick summary of the Christian doctrine of God, and our doctrine of God controls every other aspect of our theology. John Calvin comments on today's passage, We perceive that God cannot be truly known unless our faith distinctly conceives of a three persons in one essence and the fruit and efficacy of baptism proceed from God the Father adopting us through his Son, and after having cleansed us from the pollutions of the flesh through the Spirit, creating us anew to righteousness. Finally, Jesus does not give us a specific mode for baptism. The Greek word for baptize, baptizo, has to do with water, but it does not refer exclusively to immersion, dipping, pouring, sprinkling, or any other means of applying water. All are lawful modes of baptism. Coram Dale, living before the face of God. Matthew Henry comments that baptism is into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. This was intended as a summary of the first principles of the Christian religion and of the new covenant. If a baptism is not administered in the triune name of God, it is invalid. But all who have been baptized in the name of the Holy Trinity have been validly baptized and should not fear that their baptism is not according to Christ's command. For further study, see Exodus 30 verses 17 to 21. Ezekiel 36, 22 through 27, Mark 16, verse 16, and Acts 19, verses 1 through 7. And now let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, you bless us when we don't walk in the counsel of the wicked, when we don't stand in the path of scoffers, we don't sit in the seat of sinners. Lord, 
Our delight is in your word. And in your law we meditate day and night. Will you firmly plant us by streams of water? Help us to yield the fruit that you've given to us in its season. Don't let the leaves of our tree wither, of our life, of our faith wither. And Lord, prosper whatever it is that we do. God, my heart is steadfast to you. I sing to you. I sing praises to you. This morning, I awake to see your glory. I awaken this dawn to give thanks to you, Lord, among the peoples, to sing praises to you, for your loving kindness is great to the heavens and your truth to the clouds. God, you are exalted above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. This morning we give you fresh thanksgiving, fresh meditations on your beauties. We prepare for the work of today and we pray that you will, or that we can commit it all to you. Help us to commit all of our work to you and to work as though we're working for you in everything. But God, as we come asking you that, we realize that the gospel is only for sinners. And so today we realize that despite being a saint, every day we sin in thought, in word, in deed, and in motive. God, convict me of any subtle or not so subtle sins. God, I acknowledge all of them to you. I confess those sins to you. And God, for all the things that my conscience is not convicting me of, for the sins that I don't even know about, God, convict me of them so that I can confess them to you. And even when I have a clean conscience, I know that I've never, not even once, come close to loving you with all my being or loving my neighbor as myself. So please forgive me for that. Forgive me for my lack of love. Give me strength to love you better. Give me wisdom to love my neighbors. Give me a heart to preach the gospel to my neighbors, to show them your love. And forgive me for my sins, Lord. God, and I know that you've promised forgiveness to my entire life. And God, I know that you are my only hope of a right standing with you. And it's entirely through Jesus' blood shed for my sins and, your, and his righteousness that was lived on my behalf. God, thank you for that. I know that I am forgiven because of Jesus' blood because of his righteousness that you've credited to me and his sacrifice. Thank you, God. And God, I rejoice in you always. I pray to you without ceasing. In all things, I give thanks to you. I thank you for everything in my life, every trial, tribulation, blessing, every good thing, and everything that I think is bad. I know that it's all working an eternal way to glory that you are working out my salvation every day. And God, I know that your will is being done with me through Christ Jesus. So I say thank you for this. And now, God, will you give ear to my words? Consider my groaning. Heed the sounds of my cry for help. You are my King and my God, and to you I pray. 
God, this morning, Lord, will you hear my voice? This morning, as I pray to you, will you watch and listen? God, I pray that you who began a good work in me will perfect it until the day of Christ. Continue that to grow me in my walk with you and to bring me closer to you. God, and I pray for natural disaster victims all over the world, whether it be hurricanes or wildfires, earthquakes, tsunamis, whatever they are, just pray for the victims of them, that you will be with them and comfort them and use those disasters to bring more of your children into your church, more of your elect back to you. God, I pray pray for my leaders at work, for my supervision, my bosses. God, I pray that you would grant me strength and wisdom to be a good follower to them, to work to that they would see you magnified in my work. And God, for my supervisors that are not believers, I pray that you'll give me a chance and give me boldness to speak the gospel to them and that they may accept it and be turned away from their sins and back to you. God, I pray for my mom just for her work as she continues to have struggles there and uh, tribulations and everything. Uh, Give her a sense that you are who she's working for. That no matter what's going on at work, that you're working for, or that she's working for you, God. And that her work is not in vain or is not a failure or anything because she's working for her eternal king in you. And God, finally, I just pray that each of our churches, for each person that's listening to this podcast and for me, that the members of our church would love one another. Like your son Jesus said in John 13, he said that he gives us a new commandment, that we love one another as he loved us, that we love one another. And that by that, that we'll know that people will know that we are are his disciples by loving one another. So God, I just pray that in our churches, we can love one another better. And I pray all this together with the saints now, going forward, we pray together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.